Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh, and and I am Kylie. And on today's episode, we talk about a spoiler-free review of Avengers Endgame. I liked it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Quack, 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 quack. quack. Well, wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. Should we maybe say why? Oh, um, good superhero movie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. uh Okay. Quack, 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 quack. We have to get an hour out of this, Kylie. This one could be 30 minutes, and the next one could be, like, seven. I just, I just, Josh, I just feel like, do I want to sit down and edit seven hours of stuff, or do I want to sit down and have it broken up a little bit more? No, it's fine. I'm good with it. I'm really glad you liked my review of Infinity War. Yeah, it was a solid (laughs) review. Yeah. Uh, you might finally be interested in seeing Endgame. Oh, maybe? <laughs> a little bit? We this, got there. This was uh, three days before the movie came out. So you're saying that the best trailer for Endgame was <laughs> Infinity War? I know that very few people have liked my review bit of the Marvel movies recently on Letterboxd, but I have enjoyed my review bit. It's it's good. It's solid. Yeah, me and Sylvana were looking at it, and we decided that that's the reason why you and Sylvana don't get to be on episodes together, because she would kill you. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, not a fan of my Letterboxd reviews. I read them to her. And I saw all hope leaving her eyes. I will admit the weakest one is the Ragnarok one. I didn't I didn't have a lot to go on for that one. <laughs> Friends, if you want to know what my review pit was, you can go to Letterboxd and just find my most recent reviews of the MCU films. I really that I think that I really think that um our friendship has really been, like, displayed in this movie. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Captain America. Oh, okay. Sometimes I get angry. Uh-huh. And you are Thanos. <laughs> Man, I thought I could at least be Thor. No, oh, Josh, oh, no. Oh. No. All right, Kylie, I do have an inquiry of the half Fortnite squared for you. Okay, who is your favorite dead MCU character? <laughs> um... Okay, that's a little spoilery. Uh, no, whoa, whoa, no, no! It could be, it could be, it could be. Um, yeah, Heimdale. Um, yeah. Um, no, no, no! You could go back even further. I'm trying to think of his name. Ah, ah, the Big Lebowski himself. Help me out! Help Jeff me out! Bridget. Jeff Bridges in Iron Man. Uh, Obadiah Stane. <laughs> Is my favorite MCU uh, dead character. Uh, was it Stephen Pierce or Stephen? What is um, Robert Redford's actual character we don't name? Know if he's dead. Do we not? He just went to jail. Oh, okay. We didn't. We can't kill an old man. I thought he died, and I oh, uh, fair enough. No, no, fair enough. So, Josh, what's your thing, Kylie? Eleven years ago, in May of two thousand eight. Huh. A small film known as Iron Man debuted to the world and kicked off the, as now has been dubbed by Kevin Feige, Infinity Saga. So, my question for you is, what were you up to in May of 2008? I don't know. Being sad. 
Yeah. My child friend had died. Huh. We're going through that whole process. Oh. I didn't see Iron Man. Tonight. No, I, well, I knew that. Like, <laughs> we. I don't know, Josh. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I, I did not expect this to go, like, sad. I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, it's been, like, so much has happened in the time the Infinity Saga has been going. I'm about to go into... I get rejected from Kamiakin, oh, so man. I have to go to Southridge. We'll see. There's some some decent things in the world there. I was real sad about being rejected from Kamiakin. I felt like, man, I wasn't good enough. I dealt with that for a few years. I did not think I was stepping into a hornet's nest when I asked this question. Are they, Am I stinging you? No, but my heart is sad. Yeah, well, it was a sad time. Okay. Thanks for bringing it up again. I didn't mean to. I appreciate it. I, I was just like, oh, yeah, like, I was in college. Most of my friends you were know, getting ready to move away. I was just about ready to graduate. I went to the movies, the, the little theater in downtown Ellensburg that's now closed, I watched Iron Man, had a good time. I was like, oh, this was better than I thought. I walked back, I got a Slurpee at the 7-Eleven that was Iron Man themed because that was a thing that I did in college. <sighs> but I was just thinking about all the things that like, how life has changed <laughs> over the course of these 11 years. And just like- You're right, I'm still sad. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, but, like, some good things have probably happened over the course of 11 years. You entered my life and just ruined it. Okay, listen. <laughs> okay, so, like... But, like, I'm sure there's, like, some, like, graduations probably happened. I'm so good at math, finally. Yeah, there you go. See? Positive things. It took 11 years, but here I am. I finally feel good at math. I was like, man, since the time the MCU has come, I have graduated I no longer have to do math. I've gotten a job. I've gone through an entire training program. I moved to L.A., Seattle. I got married. I got engaged. I got married. I got a better job. There's a lot that's been happening since this MCU All thing's right. been going humble, on. Keep humble bragging. I'm not trying to humble brag. I'm just saying. Psyduck is going to be a Build-A-Bear. I mean, like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but you're not brave enough to camp out for it. You can't. Sure you can. They're going to get me arrested. Just set up a tent and be like. Where? <laughs> In the mall or outside of it? Outside the mall. Well, I'm pretty sure the security will come around and be like, hey, you kids, get off my lawn because they'll think I'm trying to break into Dick's Morning Goods. No, you go on the other side. Go on near the JCPenney. They're just waiting. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to kill me. Yeah, no, they're not going to kill They're going to get me. No. They're, they're going to throw me into jail. I will camp out for the Psyduck with you. You have to get the snubble. <laughs> Okay, great. <laughs> Snapball. Alright, friends. Well, this has been a real fun <laughs> retrospective. If you would like to retrospect with us, where were you in May of 2008? That is 11 years ago, my friends. Sylvana wasn't in my life yet. Oh, that is sad. All of my friends who are currently in my life weren't there. I... I've left them all behind. Well, no, so you've gained them. You've gained <laughs> friendships and one bitter enemy, No, I apparently. Le but I left all the others. I mean, they are now, and they are now. Well, you know, middle school's a long time ago. <laughs> As we go on, we remember. 
You can answer the inquiry of the half Fortnite, which is, where were you in May of 2008? You can do that at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Leave us a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook, a friend of a friend po- podcast. And now on with the show. Have you started with Blank Check's Dumbo episode yet? I haven't. They have. They're talking about Disney and just uh-huh. their trailers right now. Oh, good. And like they bring up a good point that I hadn't heard, but I want our listeners to know. Okay. That I hadn't thought about myself. All right. But I'm going to credit them. Okay. So these these real animal faces, right? Uh huh. For Lion King. Yes. Are they going to emote? Yes. <laughs> they make this point. Oh, no. Griffin. So, Griffin and David have infested another podcast that I listened to oh, over the last no! two weeks. They've been on Little Gold Men, and Griffin brings up this point on that podcast, too. Uh, where he they're talking about how the Lion King trailer, you only see, like, very few moments of their mouths moving. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's that. So that's that's what Griffin is like. I, I'm worried about my prediction that it's going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. Well, also like, v- also a- Avengers just like game. peed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you know worldwide what the estimated total for Avengers is? Six hundred million. Global, including uh, Jupiter. <laughs> Jupiter, yes. We Universal. Jupiter ascending. Yes, yes of course. <laughs> One point. Two billion dollars. Like this total, weekend. just what this weekend? This weekend. That seems like too much. <laughs> <laughs> think of well, think of how much water we could have given Flint. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> see, yeah. like, see, like, I know that you're like Disney nature <laughs> donates money, and I'm like, great, Maybe. that's a good attempt. <laughs> Step up to the plate, Disney, and start donating some of this Avengers Endgame to Flint, Michigan, and I will. I'll, 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 you, will we'll, so what you're proposing, <laughs> yeah. what you're proposing is, is that Disney Nature and Marvel just swap, uh, financial strategies, yeah. and Marvel's just like, we're gonna give all of our proceeds well, to the environment. not all of it, like, they can keep some of it, but like, they're making far too much money to just keep to themselves. Okay, why don't you just give the same amount of money that you give to Robert Downey Jr. to the nature? Yeah. Yeah. Like... $50 million. Yeah, let's fix Antarctica's iceberg problem. Great, perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. Y'all, are, y'all didn't bring it up in uh, Penguins, but I know. <laughs> I know. <sighs> uh, sorry, you were making a point about uh, Griffin and David and uh, Yeah, trailers. I just like was like, huh, I never thought about them not emoting. And then if I'm just doing that, am I just watching David Attenborough not? It's like talk about planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, those are my thoughts. Hey, everyone, if you want to get back to me on that, All tweet right. at me. All right, so we are going to tiptoe around spoilers for Avengers Endgame as we talk about it in this episode. However, I'm going to say something yes. that we brought up on Star Wars, The uh-huh. Last Jedi, where if you think that hearing anything is a spoiler, I would recommend you don't listen to this. Yeah. Because, um, like... There is, like, I have a complaint about Marvel fans. They're annoying. Um, just a little bit. Not really. But, like, this, this, this hyper fan sensitivity to any 
critique, not even critique, like any, like, knowing anything. I would do critical analysis, any critical analysis prior to them going in that reveals even the tiniest detail. Mm-hmm. But, like, even, like, Griffin tweeted, Griffin, my best friend, uh-huh, yeah. tweeted, hey, I liked the movie, and someone tweeted back, like, oh, spoilers, man, now I have expectations. And I was literally like, no. I was like, what? No. I no. argue with Griffin all the time. Yeah. Griffin saying he likes the movie may make me more weary, <laughs> if anything. Listen, if David likes the movie, that's when you... <laughs> David and I, like, sometimes we're, like, on the exact wavelength, and we'll ride that wave together. Yeah. Surfing metaphor. Ready player fun? And other times, I'm Johnny Utah. Uh-huh. And I've <laughs> died. <laughs> or I've fallen off my surfboard. And he's Bowie, just writing it out. There you go. A smooth guy. This is what I really like about engaging with film criticism, and what I hope that people take into film... And I know that it's difficult to look at, because, like, I know I... I have a perception in my, at my work and my theory group, they're like, Josh is the film critic and like, he has opinions on things. And I'm like, yes, that's not bad though. But like, I think part of the fun of engaging in film criticism is engaging in the discourse and disagreeing with even people whose opinions you generally like and agree with. And Mm -hmm. that's something that is part of our culture that I think that we're losing little by little is that we're, is like that disagreements mean the other person is inherently wrong or inherently bad it's just a disagreement of opinion and especially when you're looking at a subjective thing such as a film everybody's gonna have a different opinion even if two people love the same movie or hate the same movie they might love or hate it for different reasons and i think that our biggest frustration with other people's opinions are when we find a film to um how do i phrase this well See, are, are not, if you have a film that is degrading another person Mm -hmm. in some way or form, I think that that's the biggest frustration that we get with other people of it like, well, it's not racist because blah, 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 or whatever the argument may be. Um, and, and, and part of that, where like, if you go in with that idea, where you don't necessarily see that, that can be okay but the moment that someone says, hey, hear me out, and you still keep just arguing and don't listen to the other, that's, yeah. where, our, that's where our claws come out. Agreed. And I will say that to respond a little bit to some of the backlash that I heard involving our conversations around Last Jedi. I, our conversations? A little bit, yeah. Oh my gosh, people hated our conversations? No, I think it was just, it was, it could have been slightly perceived as we lumped anybody that hated The Last Jedi into a little bit of a group of a similar group of fanboys mm-hmm. who just hated The Last Jedi because oh. it was changed and it was different and it was and so there is healthy discourse against The Last Jedi that I'm very open to listening to and stuff like that as well and so it's not that I think that everyone needs to agree with me that a film like that is amazing. It's that I think that there needs to be open conversation, not closed conversation about like, this changed such and such about what I know to be Star Wars and therefore I hate it, Mm -hmm. you know? Also just going in and hating it for a specific person. Yes. And then going in further and attacking. And like, there's a difference between like, not liking Rose as a character versus going and attacking... Amy might be her first name. I don't remember the actress's name. Um. Yep. 
I'm also <laughs> blanking on her name, but right. Rose, it, the character versus it, the actor. Yeah. yeah. Then going and attacking her about it, of like, you've ruined Star Wars, and it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, transitioning a little bit towards Marvel here, and a little bit towards Endgame, it's interesting that I think Disney, as a company, has learned some lessons in these big, kind of, tent polish films, and that... I think, moving into one of the topics I want to talk about spoiler-free about Endgame, is there's a lot of fan service here. Now, overall, I really... And we can come back to this because there is definitely some specifics that I want to get into. But overall, I enjoyed the fan service that was here. I thought that it not only was here to fulfill character, but to also fulfill those moments of us who are like, oh my gosh, this is a thing that can happen, and it does happen. And then there's those big, wonderful payoff moments that are built up to in the MCU alone that have been there. And then there's other bits of fan service that don't feel as successful and that don't feel as paid off because you're doing it to represent a cultural change that you've not necessarily made in your films. And we can talk about those in more specifics there, but I do want to say that I think from Last Jedi to uh, Endgame, this is a safer film. It's I, And I enjoy watching this film, but there's nothing super challenging being presented here to you, which I guess overall made it a fun and enjoyable experience. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I love this film. Yeah. I'll stand in front of knives for... No, I won't. I will not die for a movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's... I... For me personally, I think that one of the things about Avengers Infinity War that I didn't love was just how... There would be scenes, and I, I, I'm not saying there should be no levity in life, right? But like, there would be scenes where like there was this guy who was just pontificating, oh, and just some glob nonsense, right. right? And then like seconds later, we we're suddenly making jokey jokes again, and so the ebbs and flow of the the tone of it, and how self serious moments were, I was just taken out of that. But with this film. It felt like, it felt a little bit more consistent to me, for me as we were going through and when we hit certain beats of, like, tone, I was a little bit like, yeah, and the self-serious, it didn't feel as self-serious with some of these characters, and maybe I should say some of these characters just felt too self-serious and over the top for me. Uh-huh, in Infinity War yeah, or here? Yeah, okay. in Infinity War, and it, mostly it's the, the Thanos squad. Right. Who aren't, and then I, I don't know. But for me, I just felt like as I was watching it and as the progression was going, I was just more like, yeah, all right. Everything flowed better for me. For me, in terms of the flow and the structure of this film and some of the comedic elements of it, because I think when Joss Whedon comes in with The Avengers in 2012, um, we start to hit the formula of what these movies are. They're going to be somewhat serious. They're going to be super refer. They're going to be super meta contextual, and they're going to have some uh, some comedic elements also. And that formula, the Russo brothers grab onto, and they hold it all the way through here. 
this is a three-hour movie, mm-hmm. and in my brain, the th- the hour-long chunks, the thirds of the movie, are, are very clear. Mm-hmm. And it starts out, and again, not a spoiler in terms of content, um, or just, I guess, in the spoiler in terms of theme. I don't really know. Not a spoiler. Steve Rogers is in it. <laughs> ha! There's a, there's a sad chunk, there's a fun chunk, and there's a war chunk. Mm-hmm. I think that can be like, and for me, some of the elements of those felt a little tedious because I was like, okay, I want to, I wanted the movie to be more integrated and I didn't, a lot of the bits and humor didn't land as much as something that happened in Infinity War, whereas... I think that Infinity War, the the humor was melded all the through. Like, I love, there are moments that I remember that I call out um, from Infinity War. Whereas with Endgame, I think it all kind of blends in one thematic tone together. Which, not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But for three hours, I was like, oh man. Did you fill the three hours? I, yes and no. I, <laughs> I mean, it's a three-hour movie. I would say yes. Mm-hmm. I felt the three hours. Um, and it's, for me, it's a lot of that second hour. And we can get into that, and we'll have to get into it in the spoiler section. But that second hour, to me, was the one that was the least enjoyable, mm-hmm. only because... I. You were more interested in getting from part A to part B. Yeah, and I felt like the structure of the piece didn't, uh, like, it kind of wanted us to have hours one and three, like, these are the important hours, mm-hmm. and this is the, like, this is the fun hour. And I was like, okay, but you could you could do this You're differently. You're worrying me with this bookshelf behind you. Oh, sorry. I'll... It keeps moving. <laughs> sorry. You keep getting excited, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> And that's where Josh died. <laughs> I don't think you die. Uh, yeah. Pro- Ooh, this corner though. But you're leaned forward. It's your chair that's hitting it. Okay. Fair I, enough. Well, I'm just thinking about your movies, and I mean, you like putting your movies away, so <laughs> so tear it all down. <laughs> Maybe an earthquake would be the best thing for you. <laughs> um, I will say overall, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I like this movie a lot more. Not a lot. I like this movie more than I like Infinity War. It comes together really well. Um, the emotional arcs are clear and satisfying. I was wrong about some of my theories, and I was wrong in a way that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't wrong in a way that I was like, who? I do think, and I'll get more specific into this, I think this movie plays fast and loose with logic, and it, it, it asks you... To buy into something. Yeah, I like my brain at some points I'll be like, I don't know, walking. And like my brain will be like, hey, remember how this doesn't make sense? And I go, shh. shh. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, I realize that it, it doesn't. And it's in that that mm-hmm. I felt the length. Because I had to keep telling myself, no, no, it's going somewhere. I, while I was watching it. I did not have these thoughts. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is spot on. <laughs> this makes perfect sense. It's now, like, the the post. Right. Which I think is, like, for the most part, that's how movies often will hit me unless, like, I'm not engaged with the characters. Yeah. Because the minute that I'm not engaged with the characters, my brain is like, tear it down internally. <laughs> <laughs> Strip it of its core now. Your brain's just like, 
<laughs> see what's left. <laughs> That's exactly what yeah. happened. But when I'm watching the movie and like there are moments in this film where like they have their moments of emotional which like like I get it. I get it, Marvel. I'm so far in your your hand yeah. that like you can just like barely like like blow a sadness at me and I'm like, "Oh, I'm sad now. Yeah. I yeah. feel emotion." This movie didn't make me cry. Oh, I did. I was, like, at that point where I was, like, oh, like, a welling is happening, uh-huh. but, like, it never it wasn't quite like, got me It there. wasn't, like, Arctic. No. No. no I, I was not yeah. that defeated. Yeah. But, um, it was, like, and it wasn't, like, Wonder Woman. It was more, like, I won't say, like, tears were running down my face because I'm not Anne Hathaway uh-huh. and great at things. Yes. It's, I, it was just, like, you know, like, your nose gets a little stuffy and, like, your eyes get, like, you're, like, ugh. Um, but I did also feel at the end, I was like, whew, I am tired. Oh, like emotionally yeah. drained. I was emotionally drained. I will say that there. And it does emotionally work. Mm-hmm. The Everything that happens in the film, maybe not everything. Most of the things that happen in the film emotionally hit you on this really guttural level that I think if you've been watching along with the MCU, it's going to work really well. I'm not sure if the emotional... Which is interesting, because, just real quick, yeah. other other film critic, David Ehrlich, uh-huh. who has not been along with yes. us for this ride, yeah, yeah, yeah. he gets to this one and he's like, oh, they finally did it. Yeah. They finally got a good one out of them. But I still think by even saying that, because he's seen them all, um... Mm-hmm. I w- he's like, he's like, this is what I've been waiting for. But even saying that, I think that that this movie lives on the legwork of the 22 before it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't solely do that. I think there is a, there's a good arc in here. But if I look at this movie on its own, it's a part two and three of Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Like, they tried to claim, like, no, no, this is a three and four. And I'm like, no, no, you're a Deathly Hallows part one and two situation, and you should just be that. It, because this really is the, uh, is like the second and third part of the Infinity War story. And you make a good point of this being, uh, this is a film that, because it does so much legwork on the other films, when two characters are together, I'm like, oh, I get it. Yes. You don't have to, you yeah. don't have to give me too much. I, I, I got it, bro. I will say that something that I, what I have emotionally responded to every single time to the point of kind of ugly tears is, um, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And I bring that up here because the Yondu story in there is a story that... About us all. It's a story about us all. It's a story about Americans. It's a story that is really only set up in that film. Mm -hmm. We get Yondu in the first one, so we have some resemblance of what his relationship is to those characters. But as for the story they're telling in Volume 2... It, it's only there. And that is a story that works so emotionally well. It's told so emotionally, clearly, and consistently that it earns a, an emotional response from me. Whereas Endgame tells an emotional story, but I don't think that its emotional climactic beats are earned as a, from itself as a as film. As a film? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we can't blink chat. Oh, man. I just keep calling other better things into the conversation. If we can't blank check Phantom... Well, we could. We could. We could blank check Phantom Menace this. I would be... And oh, sorry. it would be 
an awful film because we would be like why do these people care about yes. anything <laughs> and this would be a little bit harder to blank check because infinity wars kind of sets up but if we did just those two films uh-huh. and we just those were the only context that we had i think that yeah. I think that this film would not be as satisfying. However, because we've been here, well, I've been here since really, really Winter Soldiers, where yeah. I was like, oh, I'll watch these. Yes. <laughs> and everything else is just dust in the wind. <laughs> um, is that Thanos' favorite song? <laughs> I feel like he's much more of a brick in the wall oh okay all right just like that just seems that seems like him yeah okay he doesn't want them to have that education yeah 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 okay and he's like all you are humans is just another brick in the wall oh interesting yeah all right fair enough okay yeah i feel like i interrupted a point to make that joke so sorry Uh, but because we have all of this context because we've been in the grasp this for 11 years as you've said we've been in the gauntlet we the 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 motion of this does work yeah and and so i would be fascinated to find the person and i'm sure they're out there who is just kim? Who, you want to get kim did kim just watch endgame she hasn't watched anything and, and i adore kim i adore her Listen, Kim, if you ever listen, I want you to know how much I adore you as a person. You are welcome on the trivia team anytime you want to come. Like, Kim, you're solid, all right? The rule is if she's on the trivia team, you can't answer the questions until she has a chance to think about it. (laughs) You can know the answer, but you can't say it out loud or write it. Oh, what if I just write it and I don't show it to her? Oh, so she's on, like, the... uh, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they'll be like, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, we had an interesting text conversation the other day. Uh-huh. No context. She okay. sends me Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, he's a good guy. He's cute. I didn't know it was a cartoon. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Voiced by Bradley Cooper. I knew that. I'm pretty woke, eh? <laughs> me. Without looking, can you name two other actors in that film? Scar Joe and Brie Larson. Very oh, good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Um, methinks Cumberbun is in it. I said, nice. One of the Hemsleys? I can't tell them apart. Oh, me neither. And me I, neither. I said, no worries. I said, but one is good and the other is a plank of wood. That Pratt guy, hyphen, I think, is Paul Rudd ant guy? <laughs> that was really the end of it. That was great. That was solid. Good, good, good there. And that concludes our texting with Kim segment. Yes. So, uh, can I play a game with you here? That's kind of also like in there. It's 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 a non-spoilery game. We're just gonna uh, we're gonna take all the ones that we know are not snapped. Uh huh. And I of the just, current ones all of the current ones. Okay. Um, and I just want you. To say to I want us to answer either overserved, underserved, or just served. Okay. Meaning, so an overserved character means that like they got a lot to do, solid. Uh huh. Underserved, probably not utilized very, very well in this I, movie. What if I just like I, there's one in particular that I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have we sure okay whatever we'll get there maybe we'll talk about it in the okay. spoilery no. section there's just. I and just then have an issue. And the third one is 
served means proper proper amount, not okay. over, not under, just proper. And this does not equivalent to screen time. Okay. It equivalents to story. Oh, okay. Because I'm ready. okay, all right. Yeah. So let's go through. Uh, people that we know here you go. are you not can, snapped. You okay. can use this picture. Thank you. Start here. Okay. Uh, we're gonna start <laughs> with. Uh, oh, why can't we start here? Sure. Okay, let's go around. All why right. Why don't we start here? Okay. <laughs> Denia Guerrera as um, a Koye. I don't think we ever even served her a salad in yeah, this. No. <laughs> Underserved. Underserved. Agreed. Okay. Uh, Iron. Uh, Iron Man? No. Uh, War Machine, Don Cheadle. So, like, when we say serve a proper amount, do we uh -huh. mean for that character and the yes. time we've spent with yes. him? Yes. Yeah. And, like, in terms of his story beats or whatever. Okay. <sighs> served? Served. I also agree served. Okay. okay. Um, we're going around, we're going around. Where is, is, is Rocket on his shoulder there? Y no, but oh. Rocket, it's right here, there's where Rocket Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> Rocket Raccoon. Ooh, that's a hard, that's a hard I have an me. answer. Rocket was the one that I wanted to do this with. Served? Underserved. Underserved, okay. And I say underserved because I think he's such an interesting, unique character mm -hmm. that you could have done more with him. And he could have served a better purpose in this movie than what he does. Sure. Yeah. Ah, that's a fair point. All, All right. right. Who's next? Uh, looks like Ant-Man. Paul Rudd. Served. Served. Absolutely. Um... Scarlet, not Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Johansson, uh, Black Widow. Here's the one. That okay. I have. Yeah. I take umbrage for strange reasons. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, here, underserved. I'm just gonna go for it. I will also go with underserved. All right, cool. Uh, Iron Man, Tony Stark. Served. Overserved. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like above and beyond all my expectations. I was I was I was pretty good with that character. Alright. Oh, like is overserved a good thing or a bad I thing? I think overserved is a good thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I thought like oh, sorry, I took the word served like for this character. Okay, alright. Like like have we oh, held them up to who they are? I like your definition uh -huh. better. So I'm gonna go with served. So like so like yeah. so like yeah. your machine gets served yes. less than Tony Stark. But that's because Tony I'm Stark... I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. Okay. There wasn't too much. I agree. Mm -hmm. Served. Okay. Right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Renner. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hawkeye is such a hard character for me uh -huh. to even, like, think about in any of the context of all of this. Yeah. Uh, I guess... I'm gonna go just with served. I'm also gonna go with just served. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad that he's here. Mm -hmm. His story arc makes sense, mm -hmm. and I like. I, he's just a good presence to have around. Hawkeye. We've been talking about how like oh we took all the other films and we understand these characters up to this point. Hawkeye's one of the one characters that I'm always like. Do we? Do we? <laughs> we understand him un as much as the MCU wants us to understand yeah. him. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Which isn't very much. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, going down. Is that Cat Marvel? Is that Brie Larson down there? Yeah. All right. Brie Larson. Underserved. Cat Underserved. Uh, to the point where not really sure why they set her up as, like, the big deal. Don't know. Misogyny. We can talk more later, but. Yeah. Misogyny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, uh, 
Chris Hemsworth, Thor. Hmm. I, I have an answer for this. <laughs> I don't know. He's annoying. Overserved. In the version <laughs> that we get him, overserved. In the version that we... We can go more into that, but in the version that we get him, overserved. Oh, over... Okay, wait, okay, yeah. here. Get, the, get this guy. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, Hulk. Overserved. Overserved. Mm-hmm. Though, I will say he's got exactly one scene in the movie that I was super on board with. Maybe one of my top five scenes in the movie. Interesting. Yeah. Um... Uh, Nebula. Tess, oh, Nebula. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, so we're on Letterboxd, right? Yeah. And we're looking at the thing, and they have a picture, and here's Valkyrie. Okay, let's just say Valkyrie. Tessa Thompson, underserved. Underserved. Don't know why she's in this picture. I have a, a point on Valkyrie as well, too, for later, but yes. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Nebula. Karen Gillian. <sighs> Served. Served. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the most satisfying, satisfying way. way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I said something last time, last year, where it, when it, we were talking about uh, Scarlet Witch, and I said, hey, I really liked Scarlet Witch and what she did in this film. Uh-huh. This is the first time I was really like, yeah, Scarlet Witch did something. Yeah. Now, Nebula does some things in Guardians 2 that I also like. Her and Gamora are actually my favorite parts of that. And that's the yeah. beginning of, like... I mean, like, it's her second appearance, but, like... <laughs> yes. With her in this and Infinity War, that is a character who I am far more engaged with than I could have ever imagined yeah. with Guardians 1. Because yes. Guardians 1, she... I was gonna say sucks. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. She sucks. Yeah. That character is not written, is not a thing, is yelly, yelly, yell, yell. I don't understand the relationship of anything. And I wonder if knowing where it, knowing where it goes, mm-hmm. and that even is just knowing where it goes to part two, not even considering Avengers and Endgame, though I do think that Infinity War and Endgame go with this. I wonder if Gunn had a plan. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he knew he had to start her here in order to get her to where she ends. Yeah. Um, not saying that how it plays out here was always the plan, but I, she has an arc in the four films that she appears in that makes her one of the more intriguing and interesting characters in all of the MCU. Uh, the one, last one on our list here is uh, Chris Evans, Captain America... I'm in between, like, a served and over-served. Oh, interesting. But I'm happy with both. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm served. Okay. I satisfying conclusion. For this character. Well, do we want to say conclusion? Ooh. Uh, I'll go with served. The story that is told is satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and when, with that over-served that I was kind of questioning, I, nothing about Steve Rogers in this it ever feels like too much for me. Yes. And so, like, when I say, like, overserved, like, but, like, like, in a good... I, <laughs> it's like in that way where you're like, oh, do I need this second piece of cake? Oh, I guess I will, because it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Great. he yeah. is delicious, I agree. He is. Like, uh, there is a shot where it's just him in, like, this, like, super-pressed button-up shirt, and he's standing outside Avengers... 
uh, headquarters. And you're like, pop and the he's buttons. Just sta- staring out longingly, and you're just like, oh, oh, Chris, you, you're so, oh, Chris, like I'm just with you. Like I love, I love everything about you. Yeah, so much. Trying to, I think I've I've talked a little bit about minus. Minus the getting into the actual nitty-gritty details, I think I've talked somewhat about what my issues are with the film in terms of some logic holes, in terms of I don't know if the humor always lands, um, and the story seems very segmented, and I don't necessarily think that's necessarily a good thing for this movie. Um, outside of that, this movie is very fun. I enjoy this movie a lot. Um, oh, something that I did want to bring up on this is the direction of the Russo brothers. So Joe and Anthony Russo, who direct, um, starting with Winter Soldier, they do Winter Soldier, Civil War, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame. So they're kind of the lead charge. They take over from Whedon and they lead the charge. They are television directors first, and now they've moved into films. And I don't want to insult them by calling them television directors. I'm just saying that that's where they started, and then they've moved into film. Uh, uh, you're forgetting uh, Yumi and... Oh, I mean, they probably did TV first, but uh, there's the, the integral Yumi and Dupree. <laughs> yes, the Yumi and Dupree era. <laughs> yeah. Which... You know, when Blake Check does the Russo Brothers, we'll all look forward to the Yumi and Dupree episode. They won't do the Russo Brothers, because then there'd only be, like, four movies to talk about, because these are all Patreon exclusives. Yeah, fair. What if they just did Yumi and Dupree as a Patreon exclusive, too? <laughs> we might as well just get them all. Yeah, right? Um, I don't... I don't think this film... Maybe it's not so much them as the editing team... Or both. I don't think this is an extremely well-made film. I think this is a competently made film in terms of its in terms of its um, shots, shot selection, pacing, all those things. It's competent. Mm-hmm. It's not above average by any means, shape, or form. The emotional core is what does a lot of the heavy lifting. There are. I'm trying to. There are some. I can get more specifics into this into the spoiler section, but there are some sequences of the film that are paced very poorly and we know based upon past films even of theirs they can be paced better and i'll I'll leave it there in the non-spoilery section yeah i i i wonder with this film so like they have winter soldier right yeah and i'm not sure how much like the mcu is like you know what captain America is going to be the real shining star. And so I wonder with Winter Soldier, if they kind of had like some elbow room. Yeah. And they got to kind of just do like their own cool thing. Yeah. Okay. And then Civil War happens. And Marvel's a little bit more like, okay, so this is a comic book that like all the nerds love. Uh huh. It's true, we do. So. Where's my Civil War? Oh, my comics have moved. I don't know where they are now. They're down here. Oh, they're down here. Civil War's right there. Yeah. So, like, all the nerds love, and they're a little bit like, okay, so we're gonna tighten, uh, I'm just gonna put a little bit of a grip on you. We're gonna, we might just, like, put our, like, you know, keep you, keep it there, right? Right. And then Infinity War comes around, and they're like, okay, everyone, so... Ah, here, here we all are. Um, Russo's, you've been doing great, but like, we're just gonna be hanging out on set, you know. 
Kevin Feige just has some mari- a leash. <laughs> a marionette strings on yeah. top of the Russo brothers, and he's like, I got no strings to hold me down. I guess maybe like Infinity Wars and Endgame, because I think they were yeah. filmed at the same time. The same kind of ordeal. I think that what happened is the Russos, and I will say the screenwriters, who are the same screenwriters on Infinity War and Endgame, and I believe they also do Civil War, not 100% sure on this. Marcus and McFeely might be their last names. Anyway, those four people, I think Feige actually gives the keys to the kingdom a little bit. Would you like their journey? Yes, please. Captain America, First Avenger. Great. Thor, The Dark World. Ooh, okay, okay. Captain America, Winter Soldier. Okay. Captain or Captain America, Civil War. Uh-huh. Cap- or Avengers, yeah. Infinity War. And Avengers... I think that between the two screenwriting, that screenwriting team, who have been with Marvel from the beginning, Mm -hmm. from phase one, and then the Russo brothers, I think Feige has said, you know the house style. Go present the house style. And in some ways, it's really great. It's a familiar film. In some ways, some of the characters who we know can be more outlandish. And I will say specifically to the Guardians and to Thor, Mm -hmm. because of Ragnarok and the Guardians films, are not allowed to be as outlandish. I think they soften some of the edges and all on on the characters to like round them to fit into the house style a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And that's not as satisfying for me. Even to the point where some of the supporting characters we get from the outside films don't are not served that well in this film, and I don't care for their inclusion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, like, I I don't. I'm pretty satisfied with. That. Yeah, no, <laughs> Most, totally. Yeah. Well, okay, well, there's some things, but um, I I wonder if the argument could be made of like with kind of these characters being a little bit like worn down is that it's five years after this tragedy that's occurred yeah and i mean like i can plaster some of this right. onto the characters of like I guess... the, the feeling of guilt and of right. being like oh man i've let down the world and so i wonder if that's also weighing on their characters but that's me projecting onto this right other than one specific character who it's projected back in a far far too much way but like Yes. That's me being like, oh, I understand how, like, you know, feelings work, so I'm going to put it on these characters, less of them giving it back to me. Yeah. Um, I think that in a lot of ways, the characters as they are presented in the, this this world, I, I like that a lot of the, the time has continued on past the elements, mm-hmm. you know, but what I don't love is... Is that if you're gonna tr- if you're gonna present that forward, then some of the humor of this film feels like fitting a square peg into a round hole, mm-hmm. you know. And it, that's where some of it doesn't land for me. And I do like this movie a lot. I laugh a lot. I cheer a lot. I I do really really enjoy this movie. It's just not perfect. Yeah, a lot of people are like, this is a perfect film. And as I left the theater, I was like, wow, never have I felt so content. (laughs) 
Is it? Um, I don't think this is. I don't think it's a spoiler, but you can cut it if you feel that it is. Josh, there are times you say I don't think this is a spoiler, and while I'm in the room, I say no, and then I'm listening back, and I'm like, oh, daddy. It, Calm it down. You're totally welcome to spoil thing or to to cut things that I spoil. Totally, <laughs> I do. No, no worries. Um, there's not an end credit scene in this film. Well, spoilers. What? <laughs> hey, okay, I'm gonna say something. Yeah. To the the folks, um, at your theater, like our theater, there may be like 20 billion showings of this yeah. every day. Um. So there is not an end credit scene. Now, now I understand you may be having some emotions afterwards. You know, take your time. They need to clean up yes. the theater very yeah. quickly. Because uh, space... Spacing out their time... Is not a luxury they have. Yeah, it's not a luxury they have for this three-hour film. Um, to get as many showing as they, showings as they want. What I was, was going to say with that is that there is not an... Uh, um, a tag scene and a post credit scene, mm -hmm. so there's no need to say to the end. I will say that they do a really nice thing with the character credits, and I really enjoyed the yes. first half of the credits. So, like, I was just gonna say, if you've heard that there's no tag scene, stay at least through the first half of the credits because I think they do something really nice for the the cast and crew of the film. And then when it gets like typical black scrolly credits, that's feel free to leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. I think I'm personally ready to move to spoilers. All right, spoilers. Spoil Do we need to play the Planet Hollywood game? Well, we, hang on. I did have another game that's not the Planet Hollywood game for you. Okay. Okay. Kylie. Yeah. Since, so, uh, we know that Endgame broke all the opening weekend records. All of them. It is going to make over $350 million domestically. Yeah, I drove by AMC last night. There was not... A parking spot to be seen. Yeah, we had to park in the boonies. That's ah, um, usually where I park because usually we go to Tomatillo. Ooh, nice. Uh, there have been 10 films since the millennium, uh -huh. so since 2000, uh -huh. that have set the new record. Avengers. All right, here we go. Kylie's going to try to guess them. Avengers. Uh, so 10, game, 10 films outside. Wait, hang on. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes, ten films outside of Endgame. So Avengers Infinity War. I just went with Avengers. Oh, okay. Avengers 1? Yeah. Uh, Avengers 1 is not... Oh, yes, it is. 2012, it made 230 in its opening weekend. Force Awakens. Force Awakens. 2015, it made 257 in its opening Infinity weekend. Infinity War. Infinity War, 248 in its opening weekend. Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3... Is not here. Ah, Dark Knight. Dark Knight, two thousand eight, one hundred ninety nine million. Now I won't say Dark Knight Rises. That's a good call because of the tragedy that happened. Um, how many do I have? You've got one, two, three, four. Four. Ugh. 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 There is Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron is not here. I think you've got all the MCUs. I have all the MCUs. Uh -huh. Avatar. Avatar is not here. Oh, man. Okay. What else is made? Oh, other <laughs> uh, the uh, the not. Okay, so I said Force Awakens, but Last Jedi. Last Jedi is not here. Oh my gosh. You have Rogue the, One. You have the only Star Wars. Okay, there's only one Star Wars. Uh -huh. Are the rest action? 
Uh, the rest are franchise. Transformers. No, no Transformers. No Transformers at no Transformers all. No Transformers in here at Spider-Man. all. Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2002, 178 million. You are not done with the Spider-Man franchise. Spider-Man 2. No, Spider-Man 2 is not here. Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3, 2007, 198 million in opening weekend. How many more comic book movies do I have? None. Oh, phew. Okay, I'm done with comic book. How many more movies do I have? You've got one, two, three, four. You've got four and you said left. They were franchises. They are all franchises. Are they action franchises? They, mm, yes. Uh, misleading, but uh, one no. Okay. One kinda. One yes. Pirates. Pirates. Which ones you want? Uh, I'm gonna go with Pirates Four. On Stranger Tides. On Stranger Tides is not here. Uh, the end of the world. Dead Man's Chest. Dead, Dead Man's Chest. There it is. <laughs> Two thousand six. One hundred and eighty-seven million. Is that the action? No, that was my kind of. Uh, uh, the, Do you own these movies? I own Fast, Fast and Furious, Fate of the Furious. It is not a Fast and Furious film on here. Nope. Uh huh. I'm going to say I own all three that you need. Uh, the one that I consider is an action franchise is also in 2015. It's the only year that it was broken twice. An action franchise from 2015? Yes. So this film beat the Avengers and then was taken over by The Force Awakens later that year. So it, has, so it comes out... So Age of Ultron comes out in like May... Because I'm still in college when it comes out. I just started Movie Pass. So something in the summer of 2015 that comes out, and it, it's not a superhero film. It ended up being film. the highest grossing film of the summer of 2015. A, uh, it's, is it an animated? No. Is it a Disney? No. Is it an R-rated film? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, gosh. Oh, Taken. <laughs> Oh yeah, take it. Here it is. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You say you own this film. I do. Do you own this film up there? No. Oh. Um, I categorize it weird. Mad Max Fury Road. Then it's not Fury Road. What the heck then? <laughs> uh, that's from 2015. 2015. Uh, I've always put it in 2014. So huh. it is... It's Jurassic World. Jurassic World, 228. <gasps> Your last two are from the same franchise. They are exactly 10 years apart, 2001 and 2011. Taken. <laughs> oh, yeah, Taken and Taken 3. 2001 and 2011? Mm-hmm. Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> we have ranked this franchise. Batman. No. <laughs> uh, Laika. We ranked. Keep, keep looking over here. Keep looking over here. But maybe, maybe look up. Maybe look oh, up. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh huh. We've ranked this rant from 2001 and 2011. Uh huh. So 2001, the first Harry Potter comes out in 2001 because it's Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings are the reason why people go back to the movie theaters. So, so you're there. It's, so it's Sorcerer's so Stone. Sorcerer's Stone, 144 million is the first one on this and list. And then 2011. Mm-hmm. So it goes like one, two, four, six, 
maybe five. I'm gonna just say six, six, eight, ten. Deathly Hallows Part Two. Deathly Hallows Part Two. Hundred ninety-two million dollars in its opening weekend in twenty eleven. There you go. I started giving them two years apart. Yep. Is that about right? That's about right. Yeah. Okay, because I know that the the second one comes out the year later. So yeah, so pretty much ever since the millennium. So before the millennium, the highest grossing was actually a Jurassic Park movie, The Lost World Jurassic Park, hundred forty-one. Since, <laughs> since the millennium, we've had ten ones taken over. So in order, Philosopher's Stone, Spider-Man, Dead Man's Chest, Spider-Man 3, Dark Knight, Deathly Hallows Part 2, Avengers, Jurassic World, Force Awakens, Infinity War, and now, Endgame. Yay. Friends, if you want to join this conversation, and why wouldn't you? You can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes if it's a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. Yeah, that helps us get more listeners. You can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TW2 underscore podcast. YouTube. Ducks Watch Together. Tumblers. Ducks Watch Together. Letterboxd. RBACT and Kylie Galsher. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Josh. I'm Kylie. Quack, 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 quack.